Hello and welcome to Talking HE. My name is Anthony Vassant. In this episode, we speak to Dr. David Tree, Vice Dean Education in the College of Health, Medicine and Life Sciences at Brunel University, London. We discuss what is integrated program assessment, how universities can implement this in their programs, some of the advantages and disadvantages of using this approach, and what's been the impact on staff and students at Brunel. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, uh, right now I'm the Vice Dean Education for the College of Health, Medicine and Life Sciences at Brunel. But uh, back when our story starts in 2010-2011, I was just exhausted. Uh, I was a lecturer in biosciences and I was also the level five coordinator of the biomedical sciences BSc at Brunel. And the reason I was exhausted will be familiar to just about anyone, which is that I'd had far too many assessments to mark. We had far too many students per academic and we were all exhausted. And I expect that the students were exhausted too, because on our program for every 20 credit module, the students had a three hour exam. So they wrote three essays and they had two courseworks. And that's actually down from four courseworks when I started in 2005. Another thing we were all kind of noticing and slightly annoyed by was the amount of in silo learning that the students did. They could never really seem to think across modules. So I would teach them genetics in one module and I would teach them about cell signaling and cell biology in another module. And a lot of the stuff overlapped. And yet in the coursework and in the exams and when I talked to students, they never thought about it in those two different contexts. And we really wanted to get away from that. And so with some developments in the university, which you are quite familiar with, uh, we decided that one of the ways we would solve this problem is this thing called integrated program assessment. So what is integrated program assessment for our listeners? Well, integrated program assessment is exactly what it says it is. It's a series of assessments in which students have to integrate their knowledge and understanding from lots of different areas of their program. So if you compare it to a modular assessment or modular learning in a module, you have all of the learning. And then at the end of the learning or during the learning, you have the assessment and the assessment only relates to the learning on that module. With integrated program assessment, each assessment requires students to integrate knowledge from different areas of their teaching from around their program. For those listening, I worked at Brunel from 2008 to 2012 and was involved in the technical implementation through the virtual learning environment Blackboard Learn at the time to accommodate integrated program assessment. In the virtual learning environment, you had two types of pages, study blocks, which had only the content 
for the module and assessment blocks, which had only the assessment. This deliberate uncoupling of the content and the assessment allowed for assessment to run across a series of study blocks, allowing for integrated program assessment to occur. So how can institutions implement integrated program assessment? Well, the first thing that you really need would be a change in the Senate regulations, but this change is actually very, very minor. If I can quote it, Senate regulations used to say that each academic year must normally, students must normally undertake modules to a value of at least 120 credits at each level. And that was changed to each year of full-time study shall normally be equivalent to 120 credits of assessment. So just get rid of the word module and add in the word assessment. And then that allows you to invent or have these things called study blocks and assessment blocks. And effectively, if you think about a module outline, you're basically just taking all the teaching and put it into the study block and you take the assessment and you put it into the assessment block. And that way you can assess things that they've learned in multiple study blocks in an assessment block. So. It does take design of the program and it takes a lot of thought and it requires you to think about program design in the right way, which I'm sure most people do. But some people think about it kind of in the opposite way. A lot of people, in my experience, will think, what are the things we can teach? What are the modules we can have? Let's put these modules together and make a program. And that's really backwards. The way that we think it should be done is you should think about the aim of the program first. What are the graduates you're making? What can they do? And that allows you to design the program level learning outcomes. What do you want to prove your students can do when they graduate? Then you can iterate that down from level six to level five and then level four. And those learning outcomes then determine your assessment strategy. And with this integrated assessment, you can really look for those high level abilities um, which we think are really important and uh, highlight graduate attributes. So once you've determined the aim and learning outcomes of your program, that allows you to get this assessment strategy that you need to design throughout the years. And that then obviously informs your teaching strategy and then the delivery. So really that module, what do we need to teach, comes last after working out what your program level learning outcomes are. And to do that, it really helps to look at the QAA benchmark statements. And when you look at these kind of for many subjects, you'll find that actually the benchmark statements are very, very similar for almost all subjects apart from subject specific knowledge. So for the biomedical sciences degree, we settled on four broad skills areas. So we wanted them to have knowledge, but we realized that in the modern world that knowledge is kind of cheap like everyone can get knowledge and facts but more important we wanted students to show understanding of that and then integration of their knowledge and understanding between blocks and uh fluent in analysis and evaluation we wanted students to be able to communicate their knowledge in a variety of different ways and we also wanted students to continue from the first year to the final year to think about their own professional development uh think about their careers and so forth and these kind of broad skills areas didn't change, but were developed year by year so that the, the level learning outcomes were developed from one year to the next. And the assessments that are integrated kind of were built year on year in order to uh, allow students to achieve these really high level learning outcomes.
And going back to what I mentioned at the beginning, an important thing is that we had people who were in charge of every level or were coordinating the activities of the uh, academics who worked at each level so that the assessments were coordinated within the level so there weren't too many different assessments within the level but then were developed between the levels so let me give you the example of communication in the first year the students do some relatively simple writing communication they do a presentation a powerpoint presentation to a small group of their peers about the subject of their choice and they also make a poster so they're developing their communication skills in the second year. They learn to write a little bit more sophisticatedly. So they're learning to write more academically and they do a poster as if they were a PhD student or someone who works for a pharma company at a conference. So they're developing that communication skill. And then in the final year, they give a talk as if they were a PhD student or something. You know, they're communicating their knowledge as if they were giving a plenary lecture or they were giving a talk at a conference and they continue developing their writing skills in a series of very dense reports but then also obviously in their thesis for their final year research project and having that team that ensures that the um that ensures that the assessments are aligned within and between the levels was absolutely uh important it was absolutely key to that so really team work is really important planning absolutely everything if you're doing this kind of team assessment that everyone has to buy into then everyone has to know that they'll be marking it as well so that then you have that all planned out so there are no unpleasant shocks at the end and then obviously it requires that quite strong leadership and vision throughout to ensure that you see where you're going and that you get there. So you touched on some of the advantages. So what are what are the sort of main advantages of integrated program assessment? Well, I think the main advantage is that studying, uh, separating study and assessment reflects real life. So in real life, we don't think of things modularly. We integrate information from lots of different sources to solve a problem. So I think in this way, we're really developing the graduate attributes of our students. But, you know, for both students and staff, I think one of the key uh, advantages is much less assessment, much less marking for the academics and much less assessment for the students. And then those assessments are spaced out more evenly. <coughs> so in this work, we reduced the amount of assessment by two thirds for the students. And that then allows you to make the assessments more interesting for both staff and students. We spend, we front load the time designing an interesting assessment that requires this integration. And that's actually a lot more fun and a lot more rewarding than just write an essay about this thing I've taught you about. That's much more exciting and more fun. A thing that I wasn't expecting, but has been a fun outcome of this is I think it's led to better quality and standards, which is not an exciting thing unless you're an external examiner. Um, but when you're my when you're making one of these pieces of coursework that is made by a team because it's integrating a lot of different learning and then it's marked by the team, 
It requires that you all know what each other is teaching and you have an understanding of what's going on. So it improves the team spirit. Then when you're making it, you almost have to calibrate the marking before you start doing it. So you have a clear idea of what you're expecting at each kind of grade point. And then during the marking, you know, some person will always run ahead and in the first two days do half of their marking. So you have a series of meetings um, moderation meetings during the marking in which in the old days we would have a bunch of paper things and we would pass them around a table we'd literally get eight or ten of us around a paper we'd mark we'd pass the work around and say i'm giving this an a what do you think uh i'm giving this a b because the introduction is like this but the analysis is not quite right and so we had this group understanding and if you then write this up and you document it that then becomes an enormously useful resource for the external examiners to see that you've gone through a real process before and after. And that actually leads to better quality and standards, I think, than, you know, eight different people marking in their own silo and not really talking to each other. So we think that's an improvement. Uh, we did have improved awards. Uh, so they went up, you know, the proportion of uh, first and two ones went up, but we didn't think it was massively grade inflated. It went up a bit, but not hugely. But what was really exciting is that the awarding gap was reduced when we did this. And we think this is because it's less reliant on exams and the the work the students have longer to do. And it's a bit more like work that they may have done in their past. I found that students who do BTECs, so the BTEC in Applied Science is something that a lot of our students have done, and they tend to see that this kind of project work is something that really flows on from their studies there. So that's been really good as well. Uh, the Delhi data from back in the day showed an increase in graduate level employment, and in the questions that they get after the Delhi, uh, well, within the Delhi uh, process, we found an increase in the students who felt prepared for employment which is good as well. And, you know, I think that especially now that we're all worried about chat GPT and AI, these are the kind of assessments that are much more difficult for students to just give a generic answer for, because they are, you know, I haven't described lots of them, but they're much more about the evaluation and analysis of data than they are about just vomiting back facts. And I think that's a real advantage to the assessment strategy. That's really interesting. What are some of the challenges you faced in implementing integrated program assessment? Well, I think obviously the biggest challenge is the amount of people who say, why are you messing with my assessment? I've been doing this like this for years. Why are you changing it? And, you know, that that is a problem. And some people like to stay in their silos and some, you know, some superstars like to fly in give deliver their module and fly out but that doesn't really work with this because it requires staff to know what each of their colleagues teaches and have an understanding of that and it requires this teamwork and some people will say you know so i'm a geneticist i study human genetics and fruit fly genetics and uh, someone like me might say, why are you asking me to study infectious diseases or mark something about infectious diseases? That's not my speciality. To which I always say, well, you can understand that at an undergraduate level. You can understand that at the same level as a level five student. And actually, it makes for a better, more rounded academic and a better and more rounded academic team when we all understand what each other does. So, 
you know that i think that's the main uh that's the main challenge and the places at brunel where we've seen it not work is where the team don't buy into it and there's a turnover of the team and they don't understand it and you don't have strong leadership now in my own division even with new people they really see the advantage of this they see the uh they see the integrated nature of the assessments and they also then understand if they say, you know, why have I in this team of 12 or 15, why have I got to mark 20 assignments? I will say, well, if you're not marking these 20 integrated assignments, if this was a modular assessment, you'd have 250 of them to mark. So they tend to see that when it comes to them. Uh, one thing that's really important with these assessments is that there is less of them. And so it's critical that students have formative activity to support and scaffold their learning as they go along. So there are things that they do that we that they learn within the study blocks that aren't assessed, but are important for them to do, because that's the learning that then they apply in the assessment block. And so it's critical that we put these things in there and that we then encourage the students to do them. And if they don't do them well, they tend not to do them at the beginning. And then when they say, I didn't do very well on this part of the assessment, I couldn't do these calculations or something. And I say, well, did you do the formative work that was in this block to help you do it? And they say, oh, I didn't. I say, well, next time, pay attention. And they learn over time. And because this is program wide from level four to level six on the biomedical sciences program, they get used to it and they get with the program eventually. And have you found the use of the the VLE, um, whichever VLE you've used over the years, has been, you know, how has that been in terms of, of structuring the content, study block content and the assessment block content in the VLE for both staff and students? And how, how have they perceived that? Um, I think it's been fine. So we used to use Blackboard and we now use Brightspace. And one of the keys to this being successful is that program level view of teaching and assessment and sequencing of the teaching that students are going to need to learn and use to um, apply it in then their assessment. And so in each of the assessment blocks VLE pages, they have to very carefully break down what each week's learnings are and then kind of signpost them to the formative stuff that then is in the summative assessments as well. So one thing I was going to mention a minute ago is that one of the uh, challenges is that weaker areas can be exposed. So, for example, in the structure we uh, use on biomedical sciences, there are exam only assessment blocks. And so this can expose some students who aren't uh, strong at exams to that. And we try and mitigate that in whatever way we can. <coughs> so there are subject specific exams and in a modular structure, quite often you would find that a 20 credit module might have a 70 percent exam and 30 percent coursework. And the students would kind of struggle with the exam, but they'd be pulled up by the coursework. And this kind of gets rid of that now. For the student, for the colleagues who use that kind of structure, I'd say, well, there's some, you know, if there's if they're all failing the exam, then there's something wrong either with your teaching or with the exam. And so, you know, you need to 
for the exams, we have to structure them so that students are able to be successful in them. But then along with the subject specific exam, we also have a synoptic exam every year, uh, which requires students to again uh, integrate knowledge and understanding from all around their program in order to answer a question under an exam circumstance. And the students do very well at that. That's actually not a problem at all. And what would you say has been the impact of integrated program assessment on staff and students at Brunel? Well, I've mentioned some of the successes on our program. The students have done very well. They report uh, really liking it. The external examiners have highlighted it a good practice as good practice. We've had two accreditation events from the Royal Society of Biology who highlighted it as good practice there. Uh, we won a collaborative award for teaching excellence uh, in 2016 based on this work. And that then allowed us to go around the country kind of preaching the gospel of IPA throughout the country. And we've been to, I don't know, 25 or 30 different institutions talking about this. And, uh, you know, we've talked to 100, uh, sorry, a thousand or so people about it and there are various institutions outside Brunel that are taking it up. At Brunel about half of programs use some variety, some variation of integrated program development, uh, of integrated program assessment, um, so education, psychology, design, they all use some variation of that and it works very well. So to give the example of psychology, in psychology, they don't use a full integrated program assessment as we do, but their statistics and um, uh, research methods teaching are all brought together in an integrated assessment every year, which is, of course, exactly right, because you need to integrate those things in order to solve problems to do research. And, you know, there are lots of examples throughout Brunel of this approach being used and hopefully throughout the country. As the interview drew to a close, David gave a further example of the use of integrated program assessment. Uh, one, one other example of the use of integrated assessment that I could mention is uh, I designed a program called Life Sciences at Brunel in which students can take a variety of different uh, study from around life sciences and computer sciences to essentially design their own interdisciplinary degree. But I think in the absence of this kind of assessment, you've got a multidisciplinary degree. You've got students learning in one set of lectures and workshops and seminars, and then another set of lectures and workshops and seminars. And unless you get students, you force them through assessment to bring that knowledge together, you've got multidisciplinarity, not necessarily interdisciplinarity. And so on this particular degree called the Life Sciences BSc, I designed synoptic assessment at every level to require students to think across the breadth of their studies and bring together knowledge in order to do various things to show their interdisciplinarity. So in the first year, they use uh, team-based learning in order to teach students how to read interdisciplinary research papers. So we carefully pick uh, research papers, mainly ones that are written by colleagues that require students to understand stuff from 
different areas of their study in order to read and understand the paper. And then in the second year, having taught them to read a paper, we asked them to write an interdisciplinary review article that then integrates the primary research literature from their two different areas of study in order to write this explicitly interdisciplinary uh, research kind of paper. It's supposed to be like a review paper. And then in their final year, we require students to attend research seminars in their different areas because most areas have, you know, they have research seminars. And so we're wanting students to get embedded in the research culture of their two different areas. And then in a uh, portfolio, they write up like a description of what it was like to go to those two different areas of research and what the similarities and differences between them are. So, you know, some of them will be going to cognitive neurosciences seminars and others will be going to biochemistry seminars. Some of them will be going to environmental health, environmental sciences seminars. And some of them will be going to evolutionary psychology or behavioral things. And when students get to pick and design their own degree, I think it's important that they then bring that together because, you know, they're bringing it together in their brain. But we want them to really manifest that in their assessments so then they can, you know, show that to the employers and bring that to their later life. And a final word on integrated program assessment from David. Well, uh, we can give a big shout out to Derek Milligan, who was an engineer who came up with the idea of separating study and assessment to kind of get rid of that modularity of that modularity and in silo feeling in students because students do they don't experience a module, they experience a program. And when an employer employs a graduate, they don't employ someone who's taken a bunch of modules they employ a person and their abilities and their skills and that's really important to remember whenever you're designing a program. Brunel University of London's Integrated Program Assessment won the Collaborative Award for Teaching Excellence via Advance HE in 2016. Thank you to Dr David Tree for his time and to Derek Milligan, my former retired colleague and personal tutor during my days at Brunel as an undergraduate. This episode is dedicated to all my colleagues at Brunel, past and present. If you've got a comment or a question or would like to appear on a future episode of Talking HE, then please tweet us at TalkingHEPod or email santanu at santanuvasant.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I've been Santanu Vasant and this has been Talking HE.